wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. Folks, the WrestleRant Radio here today for December 16, 2016. I'm Graham G.S. Matthews. A loaded show, as always, for you guys. Uh, I am off Endicott College campus, so Tom will not be joining me for the next month and a half until the Royal Rumble preview show, the uh, Friday before the Royal Rumble next month. But in the meantime, and in between time, uh, a lot of great stuff coming up here on the show in the next couple weeks. My exclusive interviews with Adam Cole and Jay Lethal coming not just today, but next week as well. I originally planned on airing just one interview, uh, but today we're just going to be airing the Jay Lethal interview. And then in the second half of the show, we're having at Reborn Again, John Ritland come on the show from the Twitter machine. Great friend of mine for a long time uh, coming on the show to help me preview a roadblock on Sunday talk about all things WWE, the WWE United Kingdom Championship Tournament coming to the WWE Network next month. A lot of great stuff to talk about. That conversation went a bit longer than I thought it would, but in a good way, uh, shooting the shit about all things wrestling. So a great time with John, as always. And then next week, or right after that, airing, or before that, rather, we're airing the interview with Jay Lethal from a few weeks back, talking all things Final Battle, his career holding both the Ring of Honor World Championship and the Ring of Honor World Television Championship simultaneously, his time at TNA as Black Machismo, WWE Aspirations, things that were not covered in the Bleacher Report article interview a few weeks back. So, great interview with him, talking with John about the aforementioned events and things and things coming up. And then next week, the exclusive interview with Adam Cole will air here on the show, talking all things about his career, Final Battle, WWE Aspirations, a lot of the same stuff, but uh, Bullet Club as well. And that's another very entertaining interview that I enjoyed doing with Adam uh, a few weeks back. So that being said, guys, and I think the week after that is the final show of 2016, the final Friday of the year, talking about the 2016 WWE slash NXT Year in Review Awards. If you, ever, or if you haven't already done so, be sure to vote right now here on the website at nextairwrestling.net. Go to Week in Review, the drop-down menu, and be sure to vote in the polls up until December 30th. And on that show, myself and maybe RJ, John, uh, the other John, uh, at GeneApps Ringwrap on the Twitter We'll be talking about the results here on the show. And then, of course, in 2016, a lot of great stuff coming up as well. The show will be moving back to Thursdays starting the first week of 2017. So with all that being said, guys, a lot of stuff to look out for. I'm on the Cruise Control Podcast again this week. at Check out I Am Randy Cruz on the Twitter for the link to that show. My Twitter as well. I tweeted out earlier today <clears throat> and Thursday as well. You can check out my exclusive interview with the boys at the Four Sportsmen podcast from earlier this week as well. Tweeted out the link, and it's also on my Facebook page from Thursday. It's on SoundCloud. And then, like I said, today's show is loaded with an exclusive interview with uh, Jay Lethal from Ring of Honor, former TNA star and hopefully a future WWE superstar as well. And then right after that, my 30-minute candid conversation with that reborn again on the Twitter, John Ritland, talking all things Roadblock and everything else WWE-related. So in the meantime, guys, enjoy my exclusive interview with Jay Lethal. How's it going, man? Doing good. How about yourself? Great, 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 great. 
So, of course, we're only four days out from Final Battle this Friday, December 2nd, Hammerstein Ballroom, Final Battle 2016. You're going to be in a match with Cody Rhodes, so it's going to be pretty crazy. So, I was yeah. doing some research because I know I started watching Final. I started watching Ring of Honor a couple of years ago, but and I know you faced AJ in the main event of last year's show, but I went back because I was curious. So, since 2004, you're 6-1 and one of the show, including a main event title defense against AJ last year. You're 6-1 and one at Ring of Honor show of shows there, WrestleMania. Uh, do you see Final Battle as kind of like your proving ground each year? Uh, you, you don't know something? I, I never even thought about it like that. <laughs> uh, you, you just presented me a new way to think about it. Uh, so, yeah. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to say, sure, the... Final battle is definitely my proving ground, uh, and it, 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 man, it's so tough working for Ring of Honor because the locker room. I really feel like there's such great guys, and we got great talent from all over the world. And of course, at Final Battle, our biggest show of the year, everybody's stepping up their game. Um, so I mean, like. To dig down as deep as you can to bring out everything you got, uh, just because you know you want to have the best show on the on the card that day. Uh, it's getting harder and harder with our <laughs> roster, you know. Absolutely. I mean, I was at uh, Ring of Honor's All Star Extravaganza show. I actually met you at that show, and you had uh, your match that night. And it was incredible. I think it was probably the best match of that night. And it seems like every pay-per-view that you compete at, including at the Death Before Dishonor show, where you face Adam Cole for the Ring of Honor World Championship, Cole Cabana back a Global Wars months back, you always have consistently the match of the night. And Friday may no be, it may you know be no exception, considering your opponent is Cody Rhodes. So did you have a say in the matter of Cody Rhodes being your opponent, or was it something that presented to you? We're like, wow, I can't wait to face Cody Rhodes for the first time ever this Friday at Final Battle. No, no, I, I had uh, I had zero say in this one, uh, which is actually the way I like it. Uh, I, I I like to not have too much influence, um, just because it shows to me how good I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, for them to want to put me against Cody Rhodes, I feel like that means I'm doing a good job. Um, so no, I, I had zero input into it, but I gotta say I'm I'm super excited. What a high-profile match this is for me. Um, uh, what a high-profile match this is for Ring of Honor in general. I mean, Ring of Honor, we really got the momentum on our side. We're trying to grow as big as we possibly can, and this is just really the tip of the iceberg. Uh, what a way to end the year as well. I mean, just considering the fact, I think Cody was doing an interview, I think with Cole Cabana not too long ago, it was some podcast I was listening to, and he said that, he was more stoked than anything else that he's doing right now post-WWE, including TNA, all the indies, that he's most stoked to be a part of Ring of Honor's final battle pay-per-view. And I think that was before he found out that he was facing you. So what does it mean to you to be, what, what kind of honor is it for you, for you to be his first ever, and perhaps only, considering if he does more dates, I have no idea, uh, Ring of Honor opponent ever? It's an honor. I mean, to not to put a play on words here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's definitely, definitely an honor. I, I really think that, I mean, not to downplay myself or my own skills, but you bring in somebody like Cody Rhodes, he's a star. Mm-hmm. And right away you have to think, well, who can we put him against that the people would be okay with? Who can we put him against that, that we know can go toe-to-toe with him? I mean, and like, to me, there's it's like winning the world title. There's no higher honor than having 
the company have so much confidence in you uh, that that when we bring in such a high profile guy, bang, my name instantly comes up. Uh, man, it's just it's incredible. It's incredible. I love it. And I think the fact too. I mean, all of Ring of Honor's roster is pretty stacked. So if you put up Cody, Ro- go ahead, sir. Yeah, I said that's true. That's true. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, if you put Cody Rhodes up in a match against a Silas Young, it's going to be a great match. But the fact that he's facing you is a step above all else. And having been one of the best wrestlers in the world right now, it's going to be a high-profile bout. And it's not even the main event, or it might be, I don't know, but it's not the World Championship match, which says a lot about the pay-per-view itself, the caliber of the match. And I think the best part about the match, to me anyway, is like how much it's seemingly to me, I don't know about you, that you guys have in common. It seems like... TNA for you and then WWE for him never really utilized you got your guys you know to your full potential considering where you are now compared to where you were five six years ago in TNA having been one of the longest reigning Ring of Honor World Champions in recent memory Cody Rhodes killing it on the Indies right now um, do you see any more similarities between you two beyond that point? Uh, no, no, not really. But I will say this: one of the coolest things I think. Uh, is, is being is, is happening here is I can remember one of my favorite old time matches was Randy Savage. Uh, just uh, just one of them was Randy Savage versus Flair. I remember Randy Savage versus Jake the Snake. One of the reasons that I like the Flair and Savage one is because the whole drama built with Elizabeth mm-hmm. and Flair was going to release the photos, and that really made me want to see the match. And I, I gotta, I feel so honored and excited. The fact that there is no long heated rivalry between me and Cody Rhodes. There is no storyline of he did this to me and I did this to him, and now the people are gonna see someone get their revenge. It is literally two great wrestlers are in the same match together, and this should be exciting. I man, to me, there's no higher honor like. I, like, I, I really feel like I have done something in the wrestling business to where, like, people are excited to see a match of mine, and there is no real story behind it other than these two will have a good match and let's give the people a show. And to me, that's what, I, I really feel like I've made a mark in wrestling uh, because of a moment like this. I mean, you mentioned Randy Savage right there, and I was a big fan of your time in TNA as Black Machismo, and you nailed that character down to a T. Um, and I think you joined Ring of Honor, and you can correct me on the timeline here if I'm wrong. I think you joined Ring of Honor right around the time, or right prior to Randy's passing, I believe. Was there ever any consideration for you to bring that character back as you joined Ring of Honor, or was it more of a thing of the past by that point? Uh, I I really felt I really felt it necessary to not bring the machismo character to Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just me personally, although there is a lot of fans when I come out who love it. And, <laughs> I, mean, I still get oh yes and, and from the fans and stuff, but I felt it necessary to uh, just... I don't know. When I think of Ring of Honor, uh, we, we don't have many storylines. We don't have many gimmicks. It really is a company where we, we really base our product on the spirit of competition, which is this wrestler and this wrestler could have a good match, so let's let them do it. Uh, I really felt like the Machismo character really didn't have a place uh, in Ring of Honor, although it was entertaining, and I really feel like that's why some of the people still give me the oh yes, but the Ring of Honor fans, I don't think, I think they loved it because it made them laugh, but I don't think 
when it comes down to it, that's really what they wanted to see either. And it's funny, too. It seems like, I mean, the character that you have now, it's really kind of hard to sum up what the character is. I mean, you're one of the best wrestlers in the world today, but it's like... I, I, I can sum it up. It's, it's a giant mesh ball of everything that I love about <laughs> professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's literally what I've tried to do. I mean, even when I, for the stint, I was uh, the bad guy. You yeah. know, I was the bad guy for a little while with, uh, with my manager, was Truth Martini. Now, for... I'm going to say 10 years in wrestling prior to that, I had always been the good guy. So I stood across the ring from every different kind of bad guy you can imagine. Even Ric Flair, my God. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I got to pick and choose each thing I loved about each of those bad guys that I was in the ring with for 10 years. And I messed that all together uh when i was the bad guy to form what i thought would be the coolest and ultimate bad guy from so so that's ultimately what my wrestling career has been like oh i like this and oh i like that i like this too let's put this all together and, and see what we can come up with here and i think that that's why it works so well because you hadn't been a heel for so long prior to your turning i think in 2014 like you said when you joined with truth martini and then it was you were a heel for long enough that people started to respect you to the point that you were now a babyface now or a tween or whatever however you want to classify it as, um, and it really was that alliance with Truth that kind of triggered that heel turn many years back. So to you, do you feel like I know Truth Martini left Ring of Honor a couple months ago due to outside circumstances, but do you believe that wrap up angle because it kind of felt like after you guys after he left that was when you became a babyface again? Do you feel like your dissension or your split, whatever it might have been? could have been better handled and kind of played out into a storyline, like there was kind of a missed opportunity there? Actually, uh, to, to give you a little backstory, the fans, uh, their reaction to me, mm-hmm. I felt was a cool reaction. I felt that they weren't cheering me because they didn't want me to be a bad guy they wanted me to be a good guy mm-hmm. i thought they were cheering me because we were doing the bad guy role so well <laughs> exactly uh unfortunately um i think that had a big impact on me turning babyface or me becoming the good guy again mm-hmm. uh, because of the reaction they were giving me it actually i believe it had nothing to do with uh the departure of Truth Martini, because if you go back and look, uh, there were subtle hints of me uh, once again doing the Code of Honor at the end of the matches, mm-hmm. and little tiny hints that I was going to be becoming the good guy again, with Truth Martini still being there at my side. His, I don't feel his departure uh, made me turn babyface, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it probably did speed it up a little. I mean, you're among the few to have held the Ring of Honor World Championship for as long as you did. I think one of the top five, top four to have held it for over 400 days. And not only that, at the same time you were holding the Ring of Honor World Championship from last year to this year, you were also the Ring of Honor World Television time, uh, World, World Television Champion for a time as well for a number of months, not only like a month like Seth Rollins was, but for multiple months throughout 2015, you were holding both championships, something that was unprecedented for Ring of Honor and almost all of wrestling at that time. Uh, what to you, I mean, I think a combined days of, uh, like combined 1,000 days or something like that, if I did the math correctly, what did it mean to you to make such history and holding both championships at the same time and like unprecedented long title reigns are so hard to come by nowadays. What did that mean to you? They are. They're so hard to come by. And, uh, the reason they're hard to come by 
I feel is because it, it it's very easily can become boring mm-hmm. if, if what you're doing isn't interesting. Uh, and the fact that it went on for so long tells me that what I was doing was not boring. Uh, what I was doing was definitely interesting enough to, uh, to let that moment go on for as long as it did. What an honor. I mean, gosh, when I got into the wrestling business, well, before that, when I was just a little kid, I wanted to be the champion. I wanted to be the world champion. I wanted to have this belt. I wanted to have that belt. Uh, not knowing what it actually meant. Like, once you get into the wrestling business, then you understand, like, it's the highest honor that the company can give you. It's it's that promotion at the job uh, that you've been working at for years and finally you get that raise uh, that there's no higher honor, and what a great feeling knowing that the company that you work for is so much trust and respect, and holds you in the highest regard. That not only will they put one belt on you, but they'll put two. And like some of those shows had to circulate all around me. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, if 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 they were trying to make me build some kind of ego. Uh, <laughs> They, they they almost succeeded. Um, ultimately, they did fail. Um, but, man, what a cool thing to say. I was... Man, some of those shows had to circulate around me. What a cool thing to say. Man, this is... This wrestling journey has been unreal to me. I, I don't... I couldn't have asked for anything better. And it's almost like pulling a Bret Hart. I mean, I think it was the All-Star Extravaganza show last year, I think, where you opened the show to retain your television title, and then you headlined the show later that night to defend your world championship. So, like, Bret Hart, like, what, like that's pretty cool to have opened the show. Like, very few people could say that, that they opened the show and then headlined the show that same night. So, like you said, like, putting that stock in you. I mean, I think you, you know, you rose the occasion as the guy in the company. I think a lot of people... Along with you and Adam Cole, kind of associate Ring of Honor with you. Like, what does that mean to you? To when people think of Ring of Honor in 2016, they either think of, in my opinion, anyway, either you or Adam Cole. I, I love it. I love it. I, I and I hope that continues because, man, we just the, the locker room is full of guys willing to break their necks just to make Ring of Honor bigger than it was when we went to sleep the night prior mm-hmm. uh, and, and there's, uh, there's this saying, you know, like when you sit at the top of the mountain, uh, you can become a bit stagnant. Your fight to stay up there isn't as impressive. Your fight to stay up there. It, it isn't a hungry driven or as hungry driven as the people trying to climb up to get to the top. And that's exactly what ring of honor is. We're a bunch of hungry people climbing and scratching and clawing and doing whatever we have to do uh, to get to the top. And, and, and it's working. It's obviously working. Uh, and to have my name thought of when someone hears Ring of Honors, it, it shows that what I have been doing anyway is definitely working. I love it. And I think one of the coolest things about the promotion right now is the influence that it has across pretty much every other wrestling company. I mean, you look at, I was thinking just last night, you have a former Ring of Honor star as a TNA world champion, and Eddie Edwards. You have a 
NXT champion Samoa Joe, Ring of Honor roots, Universal champion Kevin Owens, WWE champion AJ Styles, all having had roots in Ring of Honor. Um, it's really now more widespread than ever. So what are your thoughts on Ring of Honor's influence across the entire wrestling world? And do you still have your sights set on potentially, once you've contributed and accomplished everything that you can in Ring of Honor, maybe going to WWE at some point down the line? Well, the proof, the proof is definitely in the pudding. <laughs> uh, they say... Uh... Ring of Honor has been constant. Our roster, when people want to make their roster better, they constantly pluck at ours uh, to enhance theirs. I mean, it's happened for literally years. Uh, and what a cool thing! What a cool thing for Ring of Honor to be able to say, like, we get these guys uh, at the cusp when. when when they're just starting out because we see something special in them and we help them develop that until until they're ready, you know. And then, unfortunately, other people come and take them away. But when that happens, Ring of Honor, they don't cry about it. They just find new people mm -hmm. to take that place. And they, they, they mold them and they help them develop that thing that they see inside them that exists that's special uh, and then, unfortunately, people come and take them away again. And then Ring of Honor, they don't cry about it again. They just go out and find new guys because Ring of Honor is great at doing that. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty cool to say that Ring of Honor is where the greatest talent in the world is. And to make uh, other rosters better, they come and search. Uh, now, I talked about this a long time ago, and every time it's mentioned, I, I, I got to say... You know, at the bottom of my heart, my love for professional wrestling was created by the WWE. Watching those matches, my, my, my God, I loved and idolized Ric Flair and Savage. And I can, one of the matches that made me want to become a professional wrestler was Bret Hart versus Rowdy Piper. Uh, so at some point in time before I can no longer wrestle, to get to say that I worked for... Uh, even if it was for a short period of time, the company that helped shape my love for professional wrestling, I would definitely say that would be a cool thing to say. But uh, I'm living in the here and now, mm -hmm. uh, needless to say, and I am doing my damnedest to make sure that uh, Ring of Honor gets as big as it possibly can. And speaking of Ring of Honor, final battle this Friday, December 2nd, you and Cody Rhodes once again. Final question for you, what type of match can fans expect from you and Cody Rhodes at final battle? And how do you think it'll stand out from everyone else in the card on such a stacked card? Well, so I, I mentioned before, <laughs> man, it is getting so hard uh, because we just have one of the greatest rosters in the world. Guys, I mean, who have wrestled for years all over the world, so it's getting so hard uh, especially for me to to have my matches stand out, um, just because it man we got a roster full of the greatest wrestlers uh, that you could ever imagine. So I'd be lying if I didn't say I was a little nervous uh, because I really want this match to be something special. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, like Truth Martini told me when I won the world title, now is not the time to start second-guessing yourself or changing your game plan. What you have been doing up until now is the reason that you are at this moment. So at some point, I just got to have trust and faith in what I can do. And 
and what Cody can do and just know that we're going to create something special and we don't have to worry too much about trying to stand out because it just will naturally happen. I'm looking forward to what should be a great match. The fans are looking forward to it too. For the first time ever, Jay Lethal, Cody Rhodes, this Friday. Amongst other stacked cards, you got Briscoes and Young Bucks, the World Tag Team titles, like I said. O'Reilly and Adam Cole for the Ring of Honor World Championship. You guys, a lot of matches going down. Cole Cabana, Dustin, uh, Dalton Castle, it's going to be a great card. So like I said, this Friday, December 2nd, Hammerstein Ballroom, NYC, final battle, 2016. Jay, great meeting you a couple months ago. Great talking to you now, and I appreciate your time, brother. Thank you very much for having me. No problem. I'll catch you down the road. Okay, see ya. Big thanks to Jay once again for coming here on the show. Great time talking to him, as I said, at the start of the show. My exclusive interview in article form is already up with him on Bleach Report, along with Adam Cole from a few weeks back, the same Friday as Final Battle, which was an extraordinary show, by the way. Uh, Jay Lethal, as you could probably tell, is a really cool dude, so I appreciate his time. And now we transition from that to Roadblock Preview Time. We are 48 hours from the pay-per-view on Sunday. Looking forward to talking all about it without reborning in John Ritland on the Twitter. John, how are you doing today? Yeah, oh man, you know, John is doing good. Graham, how about you? <laughs> doing good, doing good. And of course, before we get started here, uh, just a quick plug for your podcast as well. It's been taken off. Um, I've been a follower since day one. Just want to plug that for you. Where can people find it? Oh, no, people can find it. I mean, if you check my Twitter, Everyborn again, R E B O U R N E again, um, there's a link for it to my YouTube page uh, channel. It's called Real Honesty with John Ritlin. Yeah, like you said, it's been taken off. I'm actually nearly at 30,000 views, which I never thought I'd actually achieve. Congrats. Yeah, no, appreciate that. You've got to be really high on YouTube, though, and I know you've been doing your channel for a while. Yeah, I've been doing it for a while. Yeah, we just only recently hit the 1K subscriber mark, so that was pretty cool, too. Yeah, well, I saw that. You know, I was like, I saw your random video blog about that. But, yeah, no, that's where people can find it. Just check you check my uh, Twitter account and the links in the bio and everything and they want to ask they want to send in questions or whatever i'm always doing always doing question shows and whatever it's like suggest topics by all means i'm all for it totally totally people could check that out on yeah. youtube as you said as well on the twitter machine i'm sure you were tweeting all about it this past week the new day are now officially the longest reigning tag team champions not only world tag team champions not only wwe raw smackdown whatever the fuck there else there is in this company the longest reigning tag team champions ever in wwe history are the new day as of yesterday as of, as of wednesday uh, december 14th yeah, so yeah. uh, they are officially the long or as of yeah as of yesterday the longest reigning tag team champions ever they will defend those titles next on sunday after new contenders were crowned a tribute to the troops on Wednesday in Cesaro and Sheamus for what it feels like the 500th time. Uh, it's going to be Cesaro and Sheamus I mean, versus the New Day. So, John, who do you got? It's not as bad as Sasha Charlotte. I mean, you got to get yes. that. Yeah, that, that is true. Not as many times as the women, but still a match we've seen several times. But a good match. I mean, it's always well wrestled. They always work well together. So we'll see on Sunday. But, John, do you think the streak, the, the uh, 14-month standing reign of the New Day ends on Sunday? It's got to. I mean, it's gotta at this point. I mean, they won them at what Summer SummerSlam last year, right? Yep. So we're coming up on nearly sixteen months, if I'm right. I mean, almost to the day. I mean, yeah, yeah. Axe and Axe and Smash, they 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 had the record, and then they butchered that whole thing by getting involved in the concussion lawsuit. So New Day is the champions, and they they're reigning champions. They got they gotta lose because their act is fine. Kofi, Xavier, Biggie, clearly are best friends. They get along well. This has got to end. Cesaro and Sheamus are finally on the same page. It's just got to end. 
I agree. I do think we see new champions crowned on Sunday in Cesaro and Sheamus. But another question I have for you, too, what I was thinking about the other day, if it's not Cesaro and Sheamus winning the belts on Sunday, like, who else could possibly beat New Day? I mean, other than, like, a potentially debuting revival. But if it's not them, who could possibly beat New Day for the belts? If it's not a debuting revival, I mean, if they hadn't buried Gallows and Anderson, like, Mm -hmm. you know, about to the Earth's core, (laughs) and then done the whole uh, ring post-itis thing, which was funny for, like, two weeks. Yeah. And then Dana did her rubber glove doctor's thing, and it looked like an adult film that wasn't very (laughs) PG. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say, if it's not Gallows and Anderson, I mean, they could shock with the Shining Stars, but what's the point of the Shining Stars? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no no one cares about those guys. Yeah, they don't have anybody other than Cesaro and Sheamus. I mean, don't get me wrong, Gallows and Anderson are very talented, but there's nothing they can do mm-hmm. like to build them back up. Yeah, at this point, they've they just needed... lost so many times; it's ridiculous. I mean, they get—they don't really. Yeah, it's like if it's not a if it's not a debuting revival, I would be really shocked. Like if anybody other than Cesaro and Sheamus won them. Yeah, that's why I'm get... I'm going with Cesaro and Sheamus on Sunday. As are you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's. It'll be a good match. It's like to me, I think they could do a finish, kind of like what they did at Hell in a Cell, if you remember, right? Where Xavier ended up, you know, causing a whole DQ thing, or mm-hmm. you know, causing like you know the distraction from the tap out. They do that, but it doesn't work, and one of them taps out. It'd probably be Kofi. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah, probably Kofi. Yeah, I think New Day could take a loss. Yeah, I think they take a loss too. New champions crowned. Uh, speaking of title matches, the Cruiserweight Championship is also on the line in a triple threat match. Rich Swan defending against TJ Perkins and Brian Kendrick. Uh, who do you got for this, John? And also, have you been watching along with 205 Live? Have you been enjoying what that is, uh, what is produced so far? 205 Live to me, I mean, it's like, you know me talking to me, like, I'm a long-time wrestling fan. I mean, I remember Nitro having the cruiserweights, and this is exactly a flashback to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not putting a ceiling on them. They're, so I've been keeping up on 205 Live. They've done a good job equally building Kendrick, Perkins, and Swan. And if I'm right, the one that most recently happened, Swan even tapped out the Perkins, so that keeps him looking strong. Mm-hmm. Um. Kendrick's going to take the fall here, though. and Because there's no reason for him to have... A, he doesn't need the title back. Mm-hmm. Perkins doesn't need to take the pin or the submission or whatever. And Swan had that big emotional, you know, speech about his, you know, losing his mother, I think, at 12. Or no, his father at 12, his mother when he was a teenager. Uh, so there's no reason to end that yet. If Swan had had the title since, like, maybe Hell in a Cell... I could sort of see it, but no. He just won the title a couple weeks ago. He retains. I think him and Perkins will have a bit of a beef. Perkins will attack him after the match because he'll be upset. Perkins could start to go a little heelish. Mm -hmm. I think it works. Even though the video game thing screams face, Perkins has worked as a heel before in that company that he should not, you know, ever bring up again. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, oh. God, they used him so badly. <laughs> they did, yes, Manic. Don't remind me of that awful gimmick. But uh yeah, no, I and think Manic oh, Manic suicide. Terrible. Oh, terrible. But uh no, you I think yeah, you pretty much I, read my mind exactly. I think um it's gonna be a good match. Swan literally just won the belt, but then again they have that didn't stop them from changing the belt with the women, but that's a whole other discussion we'll save for, for after or for the main very, event. Very soon, yeah. Very, very soon, yeah. But uh yeah, too yeah. too soon to take the title off of him. And uh, I agree. Not only is Rich Swan going to win, but I completely agree with what you said about um, 
Kendrick taking the fall. You continue that feud with Perkins and Swan. Perkins hopefully goes heel. Like you said, the video game thing is such a baby face thing, but he comes off like such a dick more often than not. Like especially on two hundred five live this really week. Has yeah. Since like what? Since at least I would say since just just after Hell in a Cell. Now, granted, Kendrick kind of you know healed on him and everything with the feigning the injury. Yeah. But then Perkins probably is upset because he saw all the tweets about him looking like an idiot, which he did look like an idiot, because it's like, you knew that Kendrick was going to do anything. How could mm-hmm. you fall for that? Yeah, he looks like a fool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, well, but, yeah, I'd say Swan definitely wins. Yeah, Swan definitely wins there. Uh, after that, we got Braun Strowman and Sami Zayn. If Zayn can... Oh, it has a 10-minute time limit, so I don't know if Zayn, if he can survive for 10 minutes, he wins. They weren't really clear about that. Um, but either way, I mean, this feud has been pretty decently built up. Uh, who do you got here? I mean, here's the thing. It's like this is flashing back to a 10-minute time limit match that they did with a, a debuting Dustin Rhodes in 1990 uh, against Ted DiBiase. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was when Dusty Rhodes was still part of the company and way before Dustin became Gold Dust, and they had it where Dustin lasted the 10 minutes. And I don't remember I don't remember if he won a contract or what, or if it was just to further an angle. I think it's going to be something like that. I mean, obviously, Braun's more of a monster than DiBiase was, but I think, it, and I said it as much on, on a prediction show, I also did, um, I think that Zane, Zane either survives the 10-minute time limit and Braun beats him down afterwards, or Braun beats him at like nine minutes and thirty seconds, mm-hmm. but you just can't bury Zane. I mean, what are they doing with Zane? They had such a great build from Battleground when he finally beat Kevin Owens, and then, oh yeah, he's on the pre-show for SummerSlam. <laughs> I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Him and Neville made a good team, and where has Neville been, by the way? Neville who? Exactly. I know, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Where has he been, anyway? But yeah. I got, I got Bron. Bron's gonna beat him down, even if uh, Zayn survives the ten minutes. So you think he does survive even the ten minutes? What's that? I you... got Bron winning. Oh, you think Bron wins via pinfall? I think, Bron, I think Bron can. Bron either will win at like nine, nine minutes and thirty seconds, or Bron beats him down, and after Zayn just somehow survives ten minutes. Because Zane survived bigger guys or you know taller guys before. Yeah. Um, but I just I can't see how Zane does not you know end up leaving on his feet. He's gonna leave on his back. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think he'll be harmed by that. I mean, he's an underdog. He'll be just fine. So I think um I do think he survives. But either way, I don't see him pinning Braun or walking out as you said on his own feet. Um, up to this point, we really haven't seen Strowman in a, like a full length match. He's been in only, like, obviously quick squashes. And even that Survivor Series didn't last too long. I think he was the first one out. Uh, do you think Zane can be the first guy yeah. to get a real good match at Braun Strowman up to this point? I can't really think of too many, but the guy has really improved. He's not being overexposed. Definitely. He's, yep. he's, being, he's being used as he should be. And I, I don't know if you heard his uh, interview on Austin's podcast. Yeah, he was great, yeah. He's really great. I mean, and he seems to understand his role. Mm-hmm. Braun's more agile. I think, did you see that little video or that little gif of him doing the kip-up against Big Show? I did not see that. Jesus. I, yeah, they showed that. It was on, I think, one of the house shows or European tours. I saw that, and I'm just like, a guy that big shouldn't be able to do that. How, <laughs> mm-hmm. how is he doing that? Um, it was like, okay, did you see Sid versus Sean at Survivor Series 96? I did, yep. That was a great match. It was like that. 
It was wow. Like, it was like Sid doing that. Yeah. yeah. I know. Impressive, right? Yeah. Um, I just, Braun, I, I like Braun. I, I love when they started doing the squash matches. With him and Nia, I was like, okay, this is a way to properly build people. Mm-hmm. Especially Nia, because her cardio suspect. But I think, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's just, I mean, I, I saw, <laughs> they had an NXT special live, or an NXT house show in Seattle. Yeah. They had her versus Asuka, and within three minutes, Nia's just sucking wind. Yeah. I mean, she's not a bad talent. It's no. Just, she needs more conditioning. Mm. But I think, Braun, I can't think anything that Braun's been in that's been great. I just can't think of anything he's been in that's been horrible. Even the thing with the scarf with Jericho was funny. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, where he ripped up the scarf. He's mm-hmm. been featured properly. I'm not too excited about the prospect of them doing Reigns versus uh, Braun at Mania. I don't know if you've heard about that. I did. Someone asked me about that on Monday for the hashtag video. I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> that would be terrible. I think I remember you actually saying that, but it's like it's some of the questions next to Garrett. I yeah. saw that and I go, oh, great, because you know, <laughs> they couldn't get Reigns over last Mania, so let's do it with Braun. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But so Braun, yeah, I got Braun winning. Or Zane's going out on his back regardless. Yeah, I'll definitely be with you on that one. I can't believe I forgot about this match. I mean, the most riveting and anticipated match on the card by far, obviously sarcastically. Big Cass and Rusev on the oh, on the God, on the kickoff right. show. And um, I don't know about you, I'll get your thoughts on it right now, but I just I'm not a fan of this to you. This whole thing has just sucked. Um Rusev just comes off as the baby face in this whole thing. I really don't care who wins here. I think Cass wins, but who the fuck knows? So who do you got going over here? And what are your thoughts on the feud? You know, what you just brought up, my thoughts on the feud. I, Big Cass, I think has a very, he has a much brighter future than I thought he did yeah. a year ago as a single star. Yep, he has vastly improved. Enzo has hit his weaknesses, but Cass has improved on the mic and he's improved in the ring. That fatal four way that they had, where Owens, you know, won when Triple H attacked everybody, mm-hmm. including a few fans. I think um, yeah, Big Cass looked great, even though he was the first one gone. Mm-hmm. He looked, he looked great there. So I think Castle's got a bright future. And for this feud, yeah, Wilson's come off as the baby face in almost every feud that he's been because everybody picks on his wife. <laughs> and, like, what well, that brief appearance that The Rock had, like, in 2014, and he picks on Lana, and Rusev gets right in his face about it. And I'm like, how can we boo this man? <laughs> mm-hmm. he's, defend, he's, he's defending his wife's honor. But, mm-hmm. no, he's a foreign heel, according to Vince. Um... This is what I think. I think a double count out. Okay. And the only reason I think, I only think that because you can't have, Rusev's got momentum going, even though he lost the U.S. title and, oh yeah, Reigns is the U.S. champion. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, I mean, no one remembers. I don't think yeah. Reigns remembers. But I, he's got momentum going. Cass has got momentum going. You know, he seems focused. He's wanting to get the guy to beat up his friend, even though Cass has got to be thinking, you know, my friend was an idiot for doing this. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I got a double count out unless they go with something fluky like Enzo coming down to try and, you know, distract Rusev and then maybe Cass wins by a roll-up or something yeah. or Cass gets counted out. Or mm-hmm. not Cass, but Rusev gets counted out when he's trying to chase Enzo around the ring. Mm-hmm. But just nothing clean. And because you can't you can't bury Rusev and you can't bury Cass. Yeah. They're kind of painting themselves in the corner here. Yeah, that's exactly it. I and I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's on the kickoff show, but yeah, you definitely make a good point. I mean, who do you got winning? 
Yeah, I mean, I got I got Cass winning too, but yeah, like you said, it can't be clean. I mean, I think Cass has come a long way. I don't I don't see him being a world champion at any point in the near future, but I think Rusev is just a lot more capable of what they're giving him. Uh, just with the Roman stuff, I think he proved he can be at that elite level. It just kind of, I don't know, it's kind of sad the fact that he's on the kickoff show of all things. I feel like he could be a lot bigger of a player for them at some point in their very near future if they pushed him right. Absolutely. I, I still wish, I still hope they sign Kurt Angle sometime. Maybe he comes in at the Rumble as a surprise entrant. Yeah. And they build Angle versus Rusev, and Rusev beats Angle. Because, trust me, Angle doesn't need a win at Mania, even though... He lost at the last Mania he was at, WrestleMania 22. Mm-hmm. He had a lengthy TNA career. I mean, I would say that would be a perfect way to get Rusev's momentum back on the map. I mean, Down the road, of course. The, yeah, the feud rights itself. I mean, that was a feud people were talking about even a year ago. You know, like not not yeah. like two years ago when Rusev was undefeated and people were hoping, oh shit, you know, if Angle doesn't re-sign a TNA, I'm talking about like two years ago, not just recently, but yeah, no, I remember. Yeah, maybe 31. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Like, oh shit, Angle and Rusev for the U.S. title, and he obviously went back to TNA. But even at that point, the the overall long term plan was to do fucking Cena, and the guy was buried for like a straight year after that. Yeah. You, you know, know what? Three straight pay-per-views. He didn't even win clean and fast <laughs> lane. He had the great entrance with the tank. And then, and then, oh, yeah. By the way, Rusev, you're going to lose. Yeah. Wait, what? I mean, we got Cena's U.S. Open Challenge. Yep. Yeah. And then he did he did a great job building that U.S. title up. And then Vince forgot that the U.S. title existed. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> yeah. what happened? Mm. But, yeah, so it's not going to be clean at all. Yeah. No, but I, I think I, Cass will probably win. Probably. Yeah, if I had to choose, probably Cass. But it's so funny you say that. RJ and I joke about it all the time. The fact that, oh, that guy came out in a tank. He came out like a fucking star at WrestleMania. And then he just lost for like the next year straight. Thanks to John Cena. But yeah, like yeah. you said, we got the US Open. But the, the whole tank to going to like a WWE Superstars level guy, which just made no sense to me. It was unbelievable. And I'm just like thinking, I'm like, okay, whatever. Because to me, and going back just briefly for Cena, they should have flipped Brock the Brock Taker Bray Cena matches. Flip them. Have Cena versus Brock. Have Bray beat the streak. I still say that should have happened. I think Bray would have been in a way better place than he was coming out of that match. Like you said, I mean, Bray and Taker, to me anyway, was nothing special. And then Bray didn't really benefit. It's not like, oh shit, he was in the ring with The Undertaker. Like, I was fucking off TV for like the next month after he lost. So it's like, what was the point? Yeah, well- well, it wasn't just that. See, there was there was no pop to it because Taker's been injured a lot. I mean, that's going to happen when somebody's been wrestling since 1984. Oh shit! Okay, I'm sorry. I'm thinking. I'm thinking in my mind. I thought you said 31. I'm sorry. Okay, you said 30. That might no. make more sense. Yeah, I'm thinking of 31. You're well, right. The, oh, don't get me wrong. Their match of Mania 31 came off air, and I thought, especially since Bray's ankle was apparently destroyed. Yeah, and it was way better yeah. than Taker and Lesnar. Nope. Absolutely, definitely. He was limping bad, but mm-hmm. no, yeah, they, they they blew an opportunity with that. Don't get me wrong, Brock beating the streak made sense because he didn't. He doesn't care what the fans think. He doesn't care what anybody thinks. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, in UFC, when he got you know popped, and he's been, I think you saw he's been suspended by the UFC. I saw that now the match is like now the fight's like a no contest. I think officially ruled as. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which I'm just like okay. I mean, I think we all thought that he doped up given how he looked, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So, let's see, we've covered all that, we covered that, so, Rollins versus Jericho? Yeah, Rollins and Jericho, yeah, you got it. Uh, a match with nothing on the line, I mean, we've seen the match before a handful of times, it should be a great match, don't get me wrong, but there's nothing on the line here. 
Uh, it's really more a matter of preference. But, I mean, Rollins said himself he wants Triple H. In order to get Triple H, he needs to beat the world champion. But in order, in order to get to Kevin Owens, he needs to get rid of Chris Jericho. So it makes sense, but there's really nothing of like of consequence here. But I do think that uh, Rollins won. How about you? This is, this is what I'm thinking. Rollins either wins clean or, and because they've kind of botched this whole Owens versus Reigns buildup because no one expects Owens to win, at least I don't expect Owens to win. I love Owens. Mm-hmm. I think that they either go, they, they have Rollins win clean, and okay, they forget that, or they go 15, 20 minutes, double DQ, because they just keep brawling everywhere, Ole and or Stephanie, um, hopefully Stephanie, because she won't be yelling nearly as much as Foley does, comes out and says, that's not how this is going to end. You guys want to keep fighting? They slot him into the main event, and it becomes a four-way. That's what they should have done from the get-go. Why isn't this a fatal four-way yeah. match? I, because they didn't want to build up more talents. And <laughs> they said, okay, yeah, that, that, this card's enough. Oh, God, we got to add one more match. Privy to the troops? Yeah, add one more match. Yeah. You have three hours of TV for Raw each week, including your before and after shows. How are you not building this card sooner? SmackDown <laughs> yeah. has one last hour of TV, but they do have Talking Smack, and they still build their... What was it? I think um, TLC, that card was basically set a week or two out. And they had two weeks to build to it, too. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's hyped before Survivor Series, but yeah. it's like, how is, how is this so weird? I don't know. I think that's what's going to happen, though. I think Rollins either wins clean or you have, uh, you know, a double DQ, double count, whatever, and you go to, you put you put him in the main event because it would be a fun match and then it would be the way to get the title off of Owens, maybe have, have Reigns pin Jericho because I still think that's going to happen. I don't want it to happen, but it's going to happen. <laughs> so it's funny you I mean, say that. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? Well, yeah, we'll go into that now. Like you said, I think Rollins wins here. I think he has to win. I mean, the guy has not won on pay-per-view in literally like six months. I think he is owed a pay-per-view victory. Um, But with the title match, it's funny you say that because I feel like Owens... I feel like it's the exact opposite. I feel like Owens will win, and that not that it's predictable, but I do think Owens has to win just because I feel like if they were going to have Roman win, wouldn't you think that if, if they were going to have Roman win the title, which they still could, obviously. I'm not doubting that, but... Wouldn't they have made it a title for title match to like add intrigue? And if if he wasn't going to drop the U.S. title to to or to Owens or whatever, wouldn't you think they would have put that title on the line as well against Kevin Owens? Yeah, I mean, here's my thing: in my in my years and years of watching WWE and every other company, like almost every other company, mm-hmm. especially with WWE, I've learned not to apply logic to many things. I mean, <laughs> yes, what you said, it's what true. you said, absolutely makes sense. I mean, they should make it title for title because that's, I think that's, isn't that what they did with Rollins and Cena? They made it title for title? Yeah, yeah. Was it title for title? Yeah, I, I couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. I just remember John Stewart interfering and it made no, it made no sense <laughs> yep. even, even when he explained it the next day. No, I agree with you that it makes sense to have Owens win, but they seem determined to push Reigns at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's like they just gave him a title as a placeholder, like, here, carry this. Carry it nonchalantly like you don't care. Like the title is a prop. Mm-hmm. I know wrestling's entertainment and whatever. And I mean, yeah, they, they obviously do hurt themselves. But it's still, to me, something I invest in. And when somebody carries a title like that, it means nothing. Yeah, no, I, mean, I, I totally agree. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. 
No, no, I totally agree. I was thinking the same exact thing. I mean, he carries it like he doesn't care. Like, he drags it on the ground. He drags it. He puts it over his shoulder, facing the other way. Like, he doesn't give a shit about that title. And then why should we care, you know, as viewers? I know. It's like, I mean, you know, I was actually hoping that Jericho would somehow win the U.S. title on that match that him and Reigns had a couple weeks ago on Raw. I was like, that would have made sense. Put the U.S. title on the line in that match, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they did that, and then that, then nothing became of that. I don't know. It's like, look, I think Reigns is going to win. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Owens wins. I mm-hmm. wanted, This is the one I want to be wrong on, but I'm so afraid they're going to give it to Reigns to build that rumored Reigns versus Braun match in a few months. <laughs> oh, God. It's, no, it's terrifying, believe me. Girl. Yeah. Believe me, it's terrifying to me, too. Yeah. It's going to be no Goldberg versus Lesnar one, but still. <laughs> <laughs> It would have come pretty damn close. Um, anyway. Yeah, no. I don't know. What do you think? You think Owens is going to win? I think Owens wins. I mean, I mean, I, they're obviously building to Jericho Owens. Now, that's not to say that they can't do that without the championship. They can do that non-title. It doesn't really matter. But I think it makes more sense if the championship is on the line at the Rumble. And then I think Reigns enters the Rumble. I don't know what he does to Mania. Hopefully anything anything but Braun. Like anything but Roman that Wyatt used to say. Anything but Braun for Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. That'd be terrible. Uh, not to say it won't happen. Well, like you I said, mean, I, I have would, zero it, faith it in this company. It would be good in the sense. It would be good in the sense that it would be a bathroom break match. That is true. That is true. About it. (laughs) (laughs) That is the only positive. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I got Owens winning here, but I'm not at all confident in that just because I feel like, as you said, they have such a hard-on for Reigns. He's been out of the main event scene for only four months. They cannot help themselves in keeping him out of the main event scene. So I have a very big fear that he might win here. And if he does... Then it's gonna make Raw. It's gonna put Raw in an even worse state than they're in right now, just with their whole title scene and the fact the U.S. title already means it's already back to meaning nothing. But um, like you it, said, it is. I mean, well, they're in Pittsburgh, right? Pittsburgh. They're in Pittsburgh for Roadblock. Oh yeah, I think they are. I think Rains so. Is, they are. Rains they are. Yep. Still gonna get. Rains is still gonna get booed if he wins the title. <laughs> <laughs> still gonna get booed. Yeah, it's it's not so, gonna be a pretty sight uh, for Roman at all. But no. as you said, yeah, part of it's not his fault, but he's this, and I mean, just quickly, he's this generation's Lex Luger. Yeah, I think if someone said that, it might have been you, but I don't know where I've heard that before. I think you might have said that. I don't know, but you make a great point, though. I definitely see that comparison. Well, I mean, think about it. I mean, if you saw any of the Roger, even SummerSlam 93 when he faced Yoko Zuna, yeah, like near a month and a half after the whole thing, I mean, Vince was like, oh, I could choose Brett. No, I'll choose Luger. Luger, I mean, Hogan had charisma. Luger, I mean, I don't think Luger could spell charisma. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah, but it's like, then that happened, and, like, then that whole thing got pulled out, and then they still did the thing with uh, Brett and Lex winning at, you know, the co-Rumble winners. Yeah. And then tried to put him in the main event, or, you know, the title match, or he put him in a title match of Mania 10, and that still didn't work, and then he took him out of the main event scene. Mm-hmm. But it took nearly a year for Vince to realize that, and they've done it with what? For Reigns, they've done it since the Rumble, the 2015 Rumble. So just about two years, yeah. Yeah, and it hasn't worked. Yeah. <laughs> not all of it's his fault. Not no. all of it's his fault, but some of it is. He's He's not. He's he can wrestle. His the the people who say he can't wrestle, they're wrong. Yeah, agreed. He can. He's not as good as they need him to be, though. 
<laughs> exactly. I mean, I feel like the difference between Luger and Reigns is that they gave up after Luger, after WrestleMania, whereas with Reigns, it's been almost two years, and they're still trying to push him out at that main event level. And people may have accepted him for a day, like a year ago, when he beat Reigns for the, he beat uh, Sheamus for the belt. But I think, I still say to this day, that was more a matter of the fact that they didn't want Sheamus as champion, and then people were, you know, they, cheering they, they Reigns, you know what I mean? the champion, and Truth would have gotten cheered. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah, because no one just fucking liked Sheamus, so that's what it was, but yeah, I guess I guess we'll see. But like you said, you get you got Roman winning though. Yeah, true. True. Sheamus was a good athlete, but yeah, but he's boring. Yeah, could not agree more. But uh, as you said, you got main event. Main event. You got Reigns winning. I got KO, but that brings us to the main event. Hopefully, the main event. Fingers crossed. I mean, I know. I know. uh, Vince had to be convinced to put the women in the main event back at Hell in the Cell, which makes no sense to me because they should have been in the main event from the get-go, but it is what it is. Uh, it is an Iron right. Woman match, an Iron Man match, whatever, 30 minutes on the clock. It should be great. I mean, no matter what people say about the feud, and I'm tired of it as many other people are, um, all the matches have been great, some better than others. I thought the Falls Kennedy War match was great, so with the right amount of time as this with 30 minutes on the clock, uh, this match should be just nothing short of phenomenal, hopefully if they book it the right way. Um, but yeah, Sasha Banks, Charlotte, Charlotte in challenger mode, Sasha in defense mode for the third time on pay-per-view one-on-one that this has happened. Uh, hopefully they don't do another switch, another switcheroo, with Charlotte rejoining Rick and then putting the belt back on her, which would be the absolute worst fucking thing they could possibly do. <laughs> so I'm hoping they don't do that. But, um, I mean, a lot like with the KO Reigns match, I'm not confident in that whatsoever because I know this company and what they do. But I got Sasha. I, I want to get your thoughts on the feud, it being in the main event, and who do you think is going to win? I think the, the, the feud has gone... The feud is the female Cena Orton. Agreed. Just better matches, though. Better matches. They are, they are so good. In, they, they are very good in the ring. They yep. work well together, Sasha. And I've said it on videos. I've said it on reviews. If... If when Sasha is not, or not Sasha, but when, well, actually Sasha and Charlotte, but especially Charlotte, when Charlotte is not scripted, she is tremendous. Agreed, agreed. But when they, you know, do the whole thing, like the Reed Flair thing, which, I mean, I, I hurled my remote across the room when I saw that. Terrible, but, <laughs> terrible. Oh, it was terrible. But I want Sasha to win. I think Sasha versus Bailey at Mania 33 is money. I think that mm-hmm. is that that is a way to print money. Mm-hmm. I still think that they're going to give it back to Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I don't no. want them to. I don't want them to. I, I feel you. a horrible idea. Yeah. And not even Rick. Rick wouldn't even have to inter- interfere on Charlotte's behalf or whatever. Yeah, he wouldn't have to. Yeah, but, I just feel like he might, unfortunately. <laughs> well, the, the reason Rick's bad about, back on TV, I don't know if you read reports, but um, Triple H is very worried about Rick. I saw you tweet that. I saw you say that, yeah. Which I can definitely believe, too. Yeah, I'm worried about Rick, quite frankly. I mean, he's like one of the greatest of all time, and the man still parties like it's the 80s when he's getting near his 80s, and it's starting to... I mean, I think he's only 67 or 68, but still. A man his age should not be partying like that. (laughs) Mm. Absolutely. Um, I, I want Sasha to retain, and I hope she does. I hope it comes... I want it to be like almost like the reverse of her and Bailey where like Bailey manages to get like you know Bailey got the final fall like at uh takeover respect like right at the end yep like right at the end it's like so that would be good it would be good if Sasha did that to Charlotte I think they're gonna go the angle Lesnar route and they're gonna have it where Sasha's gonna be fine. like Charlotte gets a DQ by using a chair or a cane or something mm-hmm. but Sasha's hurt you know gets hit in the knee or something and 
you know, Charlotte uses a figure four, and Sasha gets the bank statement, and it's like four, three, and Sasha almost has it, five, four, three, two, one, and Charlotte doesn't tap, and Sasha almost comes back but doesn't win. I don't want Charlotte to win the title again, but I, they, <laughs> they botched this in SummerSlam. Yep. And Sasha was injured, apparently. They weren't sure how long she was going to be out. I still would have let her keep the title, though. And if she had to relinquish it, let her relinquish it. Yeah. She was only out, what, two weeks? Yeah, bare if that. Yeah, not even, maybe. Yeah, not long at all. Ridiculous. So that's what you guys... So, I mean, I, I, I want Sasha to win. I got Charlotte winning. That's a thing too. I mean, I got Sasha winning, but I just, the same thing like with the Universal Title match. I just have this terrible fear they're going to put the belt back on her. And just the thing is, it's like like that you said a lot. Like you said, the money match at Mania is Sasha Banks and Bailey. I mean, I guess they, I don't know how they would get. To, they can't do the rematch after this. I heard that it was in the contract and storyline. Obviously, that there's no rematch between these two after this. Thank fucking lord, no more rematches. Yeah. And I know someone suggested, but- oh, you know, have them go to a draw. And then do a ladder match of the next show. It's like I as good of a ladder match as that would be. I'm done with this feud. I think as a, as a lot of people are, you know. I think it's time to wrap this thing up. My my thing is is if they do that at Roadblock, end of the line. Gotta say that end of the line. <laughs> yeah. Have the ladder match the next night. Do not even wait till the Rumble. Have it the next night. <laughs> yeah, agreed. If they were gonna do it, it would have to be on Raw. Yeah, and then, and then Sasha would win it back again, and then you would have to do another rematch. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, just they, they, enough of this stuff. I mean, it's like enough of enough of them feuding. And here's my thing: they dropped the whole potential Sasha versus Nia feud. Yeah, why don't they which, just? Yeah, I feel that's that's what I'm thinking though. That's what I'm thinking. They put the belt, they keep the belt on her, not put it back on. They keep the belt on her, and then they could do Sasha and Nia at the Rumble or Emelina at the February pay per view or whatever to build towards that Sasha Bailey match Mania. Oh, you mean when Emelina debuts and tw- or comes back in 2018? <laughs> If that, that might be being generous. I mean, I don't, it, it, I mean, Charlotte can have good views with others. They could have Sasha, or Charlotte versus Bailey at the Rumble, or at, I think, what, I think Fastlane in March is supposed to be the Raw pay-per-view. That's what I, I heard, yeah. Bailey, I think Bailey finally gets the win, and then they build, they gotta have a heel, Sasha. She's floundering as a face. Mm-hmm. Floundering. Yes, I mean, yeah. and she's good as a face. Don't get me wrong; she's likable. She's got a great story. But Bailey's the much better face. She is. I mean, like Bailey. you said. I mean, Sasha's likable and she's over. I mean, but at the same time, she is such a better heel and she's so much more comfortable in that role. You look at NXT and you look at Bailey and Sasha from, as you said, take over respect. And there's just no comparison between yeah. baby faces. <laughs> Sasha getting in Izzy's face—that was tremendous. That was amazing. <laughs> I was like, oh, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was such I mean, a great I don't moment. know. I, just, I, I really hope Roadblock's good, but I mean, it, don't get me wrong. I think it'll be a solid show, but the SmackDown exclusive pay-per-views have been way better than Raw. Agreed. Way better. Way better. Not even a question, yeah. I mean, which is hard to believe, given, again, the one extra hour the Raw has <laughs> and the extra talent they have. And the cruiserweights. Hey, let's just put the cruiserweights on the kickoff match. We need a story. No. Okay. <laughs> the, yep. <laughs> go ahead, cruiserweights. Go flip. <laughs> go flip. Essentially, yeah. So, if we got a minute, what do you think about this UK tournament? 
That's that's exactly it. I was just about to ask you before we uh before we wrapped it up. I want to get your thoughts. I, I said it earlier today. I like the idea to kind of sub on my thoughts, and I like the idea of it. as long as it's not another weekly show. The last thing we need is more original content, like a, more more TV shows. But if it's what I think it is, and from what the report indicated as a two day tournament in mid January on the network, I think it's fucking awesome. Um, especially with Nigel McGuinness as a commentator, I love it. Yeah. 14th and 15th, yeah, but um, I like it a lot. With the, the new design is awesome too. That design of that belt is freaking sweet. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. The, the new design, the new design is great. I think there are room. I don't know who's gonna get the win. I mean, it's like of the people I saw some of the towns, and I recognized a few, not a ton of them, mm-hmm. but I recognized a few. It's possible people say Balor could come back and win it. I would have Gallagher win it. Gallagher. If he's in it, yeah, I mean, he should be. I don't know why he wouldn't yeah. be, you know? I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I didn't, again, I didn't see everybody that was on there, but I think Gallagher, especially, because that guy, him, he's been one of the few, you know, that's not been featured a ton mm-hmm. that's really connected with the audience. Definitely. Absolutely. I think the UK tournament's a really good idea. Two day tournament, I think it's very good. Mm hmm. I think it. I think it will provide. I think it'll provide some great. Uh, it'll provide some great reviews and great fun. Um, yeah, obviously we don't need weekly shows. More weekly shows. <laughs> they need to put two hundred five live before SmackDown, not after. Agreed. Do they even do main events still? Do you know? They do. Uh, this week they did not. I I saw it earlier. They did some holiday episode because they taped tribute to the troops this week. But they do tape it before. It's like the new superstars. They tape it before Raw instead of superstars. And they do two hundred five live after SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah, they really just need put two hundred five live before SmackDown because mm-hmm. that way a it's not a more empty arena. Yeah. B two you pop the crowd quickly with the cruiserweights. Yeah, it makes the most sense. That's what they did with Nitro. I was, you kind of go full circle to what you said. They did, you know, the cruiserweights in the first hour of Nitro. Why not do it right before SmackDown? Yeah, well, I mean, what they did, yeah, it's like they did that, and when they went to three hours um, in, like, nine, late 97, I think early 98, late 97, early 98, they would have the cruiserweights on sometimes, like, 845 to, like, 915. Oh, okay. And... Well, no, no, they would do that. I mean, they would also they would put them on the first hour when they were two when they were two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, they would actually put them on around the nine o'clock hour because Nitro started an hour before Raw. Because uh, Nitro would start eight to ten, and Raw would go Raw would go nine to eleven. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was weird. It was it was such God. God, I missed the Monday Night War. Every time I see like any of the Monday Night War episodes, I'm like, God, I missed the Monday Night War. <laughs> TNA botched their whole thing by hitching their wagon to Hogan and Bischoff, and then they wondered why things weren't working. <laughs> exactly. That yeah, that lasted the, all of a hot minute. Bring the nasty boys in in 2010. Bring Val Venus in. <laughs> Boy, I wonder why the ratings aren't going up. Oh, what you, you're telling me that Orlando Jordan wasn't a big draw in 2010? Oh no! Don't don't forget. Ultra Warrior <laughs> said he was going in, in Spain. Said he was going to Spain or Italy. Then he was going to be, you know, one of the great superstars of the new millennium. Oh, he was. I'm sure he was for all the five minutes that he was relevant for. If that, that might be being generous. Oh, God, jeez. <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to knock Orlando Jordan. The guy was a good athlete, but yeah. like, there was a reason why. Whenever people mention U.S. champions in WWE, I think Orlando Jordan was U.S. champion. I go, yeah, his match with Heidenreich wasn't exactly something that I call must see pay per view television. <laughs> yeah. Like, ugh, I don't. Boy, Orlando Jordan got 
Man, that was a bad match. Did you ever see that match? I think I Warrior did. Was it Orlando Jordan? A Warrior or Heidenreich? I think I watched both. I'm not sure. Hi- yeah, no, the Warrior versus uh, Orlando Jordan one in Spain. Yeah, I've seen. I know that was Warriors like last match ever, and I've seen parts of it. And I think I did not watch the whole thing because it was that fucking bad. I was just embarrassed at that point to have been watching. Just, not it was me. a disaster. <laughs> I can imagine. It was Halloween Havoc 1998 Warrior versus Hogan. That's how bad it was. Oh God, that yeah. Don't get don't get me started on that match. That was a train wreck and a half too. No, that will be for a different show. Should I ever call it? We could talk for more WCW. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I know. We should definitely do this again, uh, you know, focusing in addition to all the current shit, too, but more. I know you're very WCW-centric. I'd love to talk to you again on a future episode more about WCW stuff. I could always do that. I'm always down for that, especially stuff about Starcade. I did a giant eight-part history thing about Starcade. Ooh, nice, nice. Talking about the, yeah, the best and the worst, um, and the worst is pretty easy to figure out. <laughs> A lot of it speaks Wiki for itself. The cards and you'll figure them out. <laughs> yeah, I think it speaks for itself with a lot of those matches. But going full circle, I mean, you said it right there. People could check out your podcast and Twitter once again. Anywhere else, how uh, the people can find you, John? Uh, uh, Twitter's really about it. I mean, I got my own Facebook page, but that's just personal. I don't really use that. I mean, I'm on Instagram, but I just post random pictures. I don't know why I have an Instagram account. <laughs> <laughs> I, I use it to post random pictures and dirty jokes. I mean, mm. that's really it. <laughs> but yeah, no, just Twitter. The Twitter, Everyborn Again, R-E-B-O-U-R-N-E Again, and the YouTube uh, YouTube links in the description or whatever, it's there. And feel free to check out. Tell me that you like. Tell me if you like the show. But, I mean, before you check out my show, check out, check out your show. People need to check out your show and stuff. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I, I try to listen when I can. I'm not always able to listen, but, these, you know, uh, these editions, I always try to check out. Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate and I a lot. know that I can help contribute. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. I mean, it's funny because we've been connected for, my God, like three and a half years at this point. So it's crazy to think how, how long it's been or how short it feels uh, like. About that, I mean, it's like I remember you took that break from Twitter for like the summer. And I was just like, I think after like a month and a half, I was like, man, he really is taking the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't wasn't cave like, yeah. I'm like, he need to, I'm like, yeah, well, everybody needs a break. I'm just like, man, he's one of the only people I, I mean, there are people I talk to now, but it's yeah. like very few people where I'm like, oh, hey, okay, he's back. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. That was right, right around right. this time three years ago. But like I said, it's crazy to think how, how much time has flown in those three years, though. Oh, geez, I know, right? It's like, she's a... Just to think, back in 2013, we were watching the Usos start to feud with the New Age Outlaws at the end of the year. Why did that happen? Uh, I'm still questioning why a lot of things that year happened, uh, 2014 as well. I mean, there's still a lot of questionable stuff today, don't get me wrong. But back then, it's even more so like, wow, why the hell did that even happen? Yeah, the new the new aged outlaws. The middle-aged outlaws, yeah. Oh, God. Don't get me wrong, Billy Gunn was in great shape and Rogar yeah. was okay, but I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> uh, just ridiculous uh, stuff. But uh, yeah, like I said, my man, always great having you on. Great having you on here for the first time. I think in several months. But uh, thanks for coming on for Roadblock, dude. I appreciate it. Oh no, no worries, man. No, when now we can see if the show's any good. Yeah, let's hope so. Fingers crossed. The, end of the line as far as our patience goes. <laughs> Could not have summed it up any better than that. I think that's a great way to close out. But uh, yeah, thanks again, man. I'll definitely be uh, talking to you soon. 
No worries. Take care, man. You too. Catch you on the road, brother. All right. Bye. Great talking to John. Great talking to Jay Lethal for two great conversations back-to-back uh, right here in the show today. Talking all things Ring of Honor, Final Battle, WWE, Roadblock on Sunday. It's been a loaded month. Looking forward to what else the future holds in the weeks ahead. Uh, speaking of which, a big blockbuster announcement coming to the Twitter machine in the next couple weeks, so stay tuned to that. Probably not next week's show, but maybe the week after that. So some big things planned, big things popping, little things stopping right here on WrestleRant Radio. So uh, again, guys, thank you for listening for December 16th, 2016. Of course, next week is the go-home show before Christmas. The next week I might be flying solo, but either way, we will be talking all things Roadblock, Raw, SmackDown, 205 Live NXT, you know, the works. In addition to my exclusive interview with former Ring of Honor world champion Adam Cole, who's a hot topic right now in the world of wrestling. Is he going to WWE or not? I talked to him mere hours before his title defense at Final Battle, where he lost the championship to Kyle O'Reilly. So check out that exclusive interview right here on the show next week. In addition to my review with Roadblock, of Roadblock, uh, with myself, me, myself, and I, uh, maybe in addition to someone else, we will soon see on the show next week. So... As Once again, guys, as I said at the start of the hour, at the start of the show, be sure to vote one last time. If you haven't already, in the 2016 WWE slash NXT Year in Review Awards, we'll be talking about all about the results here on the show in two weeks' time on December 30th, the final Friday show before we move back to Thursdays at the onset of 2017. So all that being said, guys, enjoy your weekend. I'm Graham G.S. Matthews. Happy holidays, and I'll catch you fine folks down the road. Yeah,